You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call one 858 Sports Day for Kia, the Kia EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year, and Luno SA. Aussie owned, made for South Australia. Yes, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Sports Day on this, well, pretty miserable day in Adelaide. Uh, I've got to say, Daniel Menzel and Ben Hook joining you. Menz, good evening. Nice to have your company on what's going to be a really special episode of Sports Day SA. Yes, Hooky, it's great to be here. It's going to be a massive episode. We're going to speak with Blighty and Wilds later on, which will yep. be great. Um, massive weekend of sport, obviously, and... Um, good one for me. I got over to Port Lincoln on the weekend. I wanted to talk to you about that. Let's do it very, very briefly. Eight double two three double O double O is the week's open line. Discover exceptional customer service. Weeks homes discover different. Oh three seven six nine three zero six zero. We've got heaps to talk about because Australia plays Ireland very shortly. That game is is on in around about half an hour's time, and that has obviously massive repercussions for the World Cup. But also want to touch on Port Adelaide and the AFLW. I want to talk about the fact that the Diamonds have got their fifteen million dollars yes. back. That is really interesting as well. But you did go over to Port Lincoln, uh, and I just sort of presumed it was another one of your lengthy holidays that you seem to be able to enjoy. But you were doing some really interesting work. Tell us a bit about what you're up to. Yeah, absolutely. So got over there and shout out to the people we work at Mentally Fit on the Air Peninsula. Um, basically, they started a company to help out with mental health over there on the Air Peninsula. A lot of farmers over there, a lot of people that don't maybe get the interaction we do over here in Adelaide. So they've created a company that uh, raises mental health awareness. They work with the businesses over there. So they're doing a great job and got over there for their gala for this weekend, and it was actually really nice weather over there too. So great, great time over there in Port Lincoln. Eight double two three double O double O. If you want to have your say, hey, the cricket tonight, massive game. Let's just reflect back on Friday night when Australia was supposed to play England. That game was abandoned without a ball being bowled, which stunned me, Daniel. I mean, there was no rain for ninety minutes. The covers were off. It looked for everything like they could have played a game of cricket. I don't think there was that much incentive to play. No, and especially not for the Australians. Tell me about how that works now. So obviously Australia lost to New Zealand and England lost to Ireland. So what that means is that Australia's two remaining games are Ireland tonight in about 25 minutes and Afghanistan, whereas England has to play Sri Lanka and New Zealand. Clearly two much harder games than Australia. So what that means is if New Zealand were to knock off England, we just need to beat Ireland and Afghanistan and we will make the semis. So it means that our run is much easier. So by taking the point against England was much better. If England knocked us off when we played on Friday, if it went ahead and they won, Australia would effectively be out. Mm -hmm. So on that basis, the fact that it was almost better off not playing a game of cricket. Cricket is one of those sports that you have enough no play anyway. I mean, South Australia spent most of the time off the field in the Sheffield Shield today. Do do we need to go to more like a, a soccer-type rule where you get three points for a win but only one point each for a draw? Because it just seems to me that there was 
what did we have? 40,000 there at the MCG, Australia versus England, a huge television crowd, and there just wasn't the incentive to play it. No, you're right. I think there needs to be some sort of incentivisation there because we saw a little bit the same, although the conditions were incredibly bad, between Zimbabwe and South Africa earlier in the tournament, and South Africa would have won that hands down. They got three overs in and made 50, and they yeah. only needed a 15 more runs. Um, but obviously the result was a no result, and they both just took the one point. So. Yep. Fascinating story because they were head they were head on the run quotient for five overs, but because they'd only played three, three overs, overs, you need five uh, overs for a match. Andrew McDonald is the coach of the Australian cricket team. This is what he had to say about how this reflects to the last T Twenty World Cup. Yeah, very similar. Um, albeit there's, there's the unknown of weather at the moment, um, all across the country really. So, um, but net run rate's going to come into. We knew that at the start of the tournament when you only play five games, net run rate uh, can decide um, an influence who goes through into the final four. Um, we just want to get back to playing the cricket that we know we're capable of, and we probably haven't done that in the first couple of games. So that excites me, the fact that there's still plenty of improvement left in the group. So we'll uh, we'll watch with interest as they take on Ireland, uh, and we'll, the, the match will start just by the time uh, we're still on air this evening. Yeah, Will, and he talked about the net run rate there. So England's is 0.24. It's in the positive. Ours is minus 1.55. But you make that up tonight, you'd expect against Ireland. If you win the toss bat first, get 190 to 200 and bowl them out for about 125 or restrict them to 125, you make up most of that ground. Most of that you should make up. So we're every chance, but if England does knock off New Zealand and Sri Lanka, they probably will make it in over Australia. So some very interesting. They play tomorrow, by the way, England versus New Zealand. So we're going to take care of it tonight against Ireland, and then England plays New Zealand tomorrow night at the Gabba at 6.30. Char Time is the home of freshly brewed tea. Thirst tea at Char Time. Explore our ready-made signature drink range inspired by Char Time fan faves. I actually found a Char Time today, would you believe? I was in Muta Street in, um, you know, where Chinatown is. Yes. I was picking up some dumplings for my uh, good wife on the way through from getting, I've got new tyres on my car today. I've had a busy day. Uh, picked up dumplings and right across the road was a char time. So if I had more time, I would have popped into char time. But there it is on Moonter Street. Go and visit the team at char time. Hey, thanks to char time. I do want to talk to you about uh, the fact that the Australian Diamonds have picked up their $15 million sponsorship. Handed over by Hancock Prospecting, pulled by Hancock Prospecting. Now the Victorian government via their tourism arm has handed it back. What did you make of that? It's an interesting one. It's um, Netball Australia. They needed the money, so they ran at a more than $4 million loss last year. So it's good that they've got the $15 million. I'm not so sure about it coming from the Victorian taxpayers. Um, for the Australian netballers now are going to wear that on their Guernsey. So the South Australian and the New South Wales and the Queenslanders are going to be wearing Visit Victoria on their, on their netball top. So, look, it's good that they got the money, but, Jesus, it just shows – how to butcher a situation um, and eventually try and recoup it in some way. What are your thoughts? Eight double two three double O double O. if you want to have your say. I'll tell you my say. This was genius marketing by Dan Andrews and the Victorian government, in particular Tourism Victoria. They've got $5 million worth out of promotion out of this today. This has led every news service. It's been talked about on every social media platform. It has been probably the lead story today the fact that they have timed their run to perfection with picking up on the fact that this was a huge blue between netball australia and the players and hancock prospecting and i reckon they've picked it up 
absolutely at the right time. And politically, with an election in a few weeks, I reckon this is a masterstroke as well. So in May, if you reflect back to the federal election, the feds were losing seats in Victoria to teal independence on the back of climate action. So Andrews has basically taken on an, an anti-mining stance, made it an electrical, because uh, they've got an election coming up in a couple of weeks, made it an electoral win by embracing the netball girls who stood up to this climate denier. They'll pick up even more support amongst women and cli- the climate conscious over the next few weeks. And those who don't like it, they were never going to vote for him anyway. So how, how about this, though? Our South Australian players, you made the point, Matty Turner, Matty Proud, Sarah Clow, they're the three players in the yep. Australian squad right now. They'll all be promoting Victoria. And as much as a, it's a genius masterstroke from Andrews and Victorian tourism, I've got to say our Premier, Peter Malinowskis, our Sports Minister, Katrine Hildyard, they should be absolutely filthy with this. They should be absolutely wondering, right, what do we stand for as a state? Because what we are seeing in sport, this is it's not competition in sport anymore. It's absolute cannibalism. You even see um, state governments are advertising to take st- and government employees like nurses off the other ones. We're in a real fight like now, and we've got to start to think about what we stand for. You think about this. This year, we lost the Women's Australian Open Golf to Melbourne. This year, because of a deal that the Victorian government did, and we've hosted a couple of them, the AFLW Grand Final is going to Melbourne. Remember when we had 53,000 down the road at Adelaide Oval? In the 1990s, we were the epicentre of netball. We should have hosted every test match here. Guess where we'll be seeing the Diamonds play now? They'll be playing in Melbourne. We have a second-rate tennis tournament here that props up the Australian Open um, that's obviously in Melbourne. Ancient history as well. We've lost the Grand Prix to Melbourne. So we need to start thinking about what we can do to ambush. I've had a couple of ideas. I want you to think about this. Could we buy the BBL and WBBL finals? Could we move the Sandful Grand Final back into October? The October long weekend where nothing happens. Make the Sandful Grand Final the end of the footy season. Open up Adelaide Oval for free on Grand Final Day and get 50000 there again. What about a jockey series? So we see the Golden Eagle and the Melbourne Cup and everything like that is going on with regard to the best horses, the, the Everest, the Caulfield Cup, the Cox Plate. Why don't we get all the best jockeys here? Why don't we get Karen McAvoy and Jamie Carr to represent South Australia against all the other jockeys from around Australia? I don't care if they're running with Border Town maidens, but put these absolute legends of the turf on and get them all talking up South Australia. And this is something that I'm thinking about what tourism South Australia could do. Sponsor Novak Djokovic and get him coming here to play. Now, he's not everyone's cup of tea, Djokovic, but I tell you what, he would have some eyes on South Australia. Sponsor the All Blacks. Imagine the All Blacks representing Tourism South Australia. What about, this is, here's, here's one I thought about. This will take a bit of work. What if you organised a one-off T20 International, best players in the world, or bring two IPL teams here? Bring the best players from England, South Africa, Afghanistan, the top Australians and West Indians who aren't involved in the Test Series. Get Tim David in. Get Matthew Wade in. Get Andre Russell in. And when would you play it? Do you know when I'd play it? I'd play it on Boxing Day. Could you imagine that? absolutely try and blow up the Australia versus West Indies test that no one's going to care about anyway. That's what I would be doing if I'm South Australian tourism. I'm starting to think about how can I beat these guys at their own game by continually stealing our stuff? Let's steal a few things back. What do you think about that, Dan? Look, I hope they're listening, Hooky, because I love the passion with that. And the thing I think this is going to do is it's going to bring about a really healthy competition amongst governments because exactly that. Now we've seen Victoria, which already labels themselves as the home of sport in Australia. Australia, they now have another thing that they're going to call over everyone else. So these governments around Australia have got a bit of competition there. Some interesting points in there around the BBL, the Samful. I know that they'll be uh, 
they won't want to do that because they're very tight with their money. But uh, <laughs> there's some interesting ones. The the Novak Djokovic will get people talking. I like it. The All Blacks would be massive. That would be great to see. And it, the competition at its greatest would be the T20 International on Boxing Day. But uh, it is interesting. Um, and there'll be definitely some interesting opinions around this. Yeah, so Mike has texted in. After the netball has upset a lot of people with their stance on the previous sponsorship deal, how will the rest of Australia feel about barracking for the Victoria Diamonds? I don't think they're going to have a problem with it. They'll still be wearing green and gold. But I'm going to be filthy when I see Maddie Proud or Sarah Clow, legends of South Australia, champion South Australians, uh, yeah, then um, advertising go for go for a holiday in Victoria down on uh, you know the Great Ocean Road. That will upset me. Uh, we've got Troy from WA who was called in. Good on you, Troy. Welcome back to Sports Day. Troy, you're there. Yeah, I'm here, mate. Yeah, a bit of a delay there. It's a fair distance from here, Adelaide. Yeah, well, you're about three um, hours behind us at the moment, mate. Yeah, well, it's a real-time hookie. Don't start that on me. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, what's the power come from? Cold, doesn't it? Anyway, that's my little dig about. And don't be surprised with the Victorians that um, next thing the Australian uniform will be navy blue with a big white V on it. That's well, yeah. Um, I, I did see, uh, yeah. I think it was Andy Ma was suggesting that the new um, netball uniform will be a navy blue dress with a white V on the front. Yeah, lead one CFC put it on it as well, wouldn't he, knowing Andy Ma? <laughs> uh, well, I tell you hey, what, boys, you, you um, Western Australians cop the worst of this, mate, because there was a $2 million sponsorship deal with... Uh, with uh, Hill Prospecting, who um, and no one's going to repay that two million bucks back to the Western Australian Netball Association. No, um, people call him the dictator, Mark McGowan. He's um, urging that to be reversed <laughs> just for the West Coast Fevers, mate. But um, yeah, what I actually rang for this is a bit like um, I had a bit of a whisper. The Mendel family going to take over this show, I believe, by the end of the week, but. Seriously, I'd like to thank Sammy Fantasia for letting me come on the air for the last four to five years, however long it's been. And I'd also like to thank David and um, Malcolm Blight for their brilliant support of my comments most of the time. Thanks, boys. <laughs> uh, Troy, good on you, Troy. Thanks for the call. And we'll have um, Blighty and Wilds on the show around about 20 to 7, I think. So hopefully you can uh, listen on in there. Mark has called in. He also wants to talk about netball. Mark, welcome back to Sports Day. Yeah, thanks, gentlemen. How are we? Going well. Good, thank you. That's good. Got a solution for this whole problem. I'll take you back to 1992. It was a dream team. It was the main man, Michael Jordan, what he did against Reebok. We, uh, he covered up the uh, the logo, obviously being an, uh, a Nike man himself. Just the, the South Australian girls could maybe just somehow cover it up. Co- cover up the victory. Yes. Well, imagine if yeah. uh, one of our South Australian <laughs> players does a Donnell Wallam and says, I refuse I to wear s- that logo. I was going to say, if we have this, we'll have the same <laughs> thing that's just happened as well. And there'll be more scandals and more talk about it, which is maybe oh. not the worst thing in terms of other sponsors coming on board. It's but- a, he makes a pretty good point about uh, Michael Jordan and Reebok. Do you remember uh, Michael Jordan was wearing Air Jordans and they were red and you were only allowed to wear white shoes in the NBA at that time. And so he kept wearing the red shoes and Nike kept paying the fine on his behalf but um, brilliant marketing because all of the all of the free news you were getting on this whole story was more than was way more than the fine it's a really good story thanks for your call mark appreciate your time hey we've got plenty more to talk about we've got the first seven we've got the lay bin you name it we've got it so much more to come and of course we'll be catching up with bloody and wields towards the end of the show thanks for your company don't go away you're listening to sports day 
Sports Day. For Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Ben Hook and Daniel Menzel joining you on Sports Day 8223 If you want to have your say, 0437693060. Time to play the Betfair lay bin. Set your own odds on Betfair this Melbourne Cup Carnival. Play your way. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. What are you going to throw in the Betfair lay bin, Daniel? Yeah, I'm going to lay the Melbourne weather. They think they have absolutely everything <laughs> in there with sports, with Netball Australia. But tomorrow, Melbourne Cup Day, 8 to 10 mil is yeah. predicted. Impossible around for the biggest race in the nation. What are you going to lay, Hooky? Uh, well, I'll tell you what I'm laying. I'm laying the Australian cricket team, even though they got the point out of England. I don't think they can win. They'll get past Ireland tonight. What have they got? Afghanistan in uh, Adelaide uh, later on in the week. But um, they won't get past the semi-final stage, even if they limp into it. I just reckon they're all a bit too tense and not going that well. So uh, I'm going to lay the Australian cricket team. They will not win the World Cup. Head to bet fair for live markets on the T20 World, World Cup. And back or lay bet gamble responsibly, call 1-800-858-858. Want your thoughts very quickly on the way the Australian, uh, sorry, the Port Adelaide Football Club went in AFLW. Just before we do that, I want you to hear what uh, David Koch had to say this morning. We had the highest home ground attendance of any club in the league. That's a massive testament to how... Our members and supporters have embraced the girls. They played the Port Adelaide way. They play a tough way. There's a lot to like about our first season. Lumo Energy SA, 100% Australian-owned with energy plans and great local rewards made for South Australia. What did you make of Koshy's comments? Yeah, look, the attendance was good, absolutely. The performances on the field, they wouldn't have been wrapped with. Obviously, they're in a developmental phase at the moment, but only the one win and the one draw. Obviously, the eight losses, they're going to have to ascend pretty quickly. Yeah, I'd love to know what people think about it. I mean, I reckon this is a really tough year to join. The Crows had uh, won the premiership last year. Their crowds were good, but, you know, it was a bit unport Adelaide-like, and it was really difficult, I reckon, fend- fighting against all of these other clubs that are trying to get the last of the players. I wonder if, uh, in hindsight, Port Adelaide might have been a little bit better off just trying to, uh, well, have all of those clubs drip feed through. I think four at once was just a bit too much of a smash and it made it really difficult for them. I admire them, though, because they kept putting up week in, week out. They were having a go. They were coming on radio with us and doing all of those things. So I admire them, but I can understand why it was a little bit difficult. Plenty more to come on Sports Day. We'll do the Kia Top 7 very shortly. Uh, And then, of course, we'll be catching up with uh, Blighty and Wilds as well. So keep listening in. Don't go away. You're listening to Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Ben Hook and Daniel Menzel with you on Sports Day. Don't risk missing all of your team's matches of the T20 World Cup on KO Sports. You watch the T20 Cricket World Cup on KO Sports. You do that as soon as we are off air, Australia playing Ireland. If you want to have a conversation with Daniel Menzel or myself, 8223 That's the week's open line. Discover exceptional customer service. Week's homes discover different. David has called in. He wants to make a very interesting point about David Kosh's comments on Port Adelaide's crowd. David, welcome to Sports Day. Yeah, g'day, uh, Hooks, uh, Hooky. Um, look, I, I I nearly fell off my chair when I heard. <laughs> it. I actually heard it this morning. Yes, because like like talk, talk about choosing talk about choosing your stats and your data. Like he has said that they they've got the highest home ground attendance. Now they were gifted after the Crows did all the heavy lifting in the AFLW when he was buddying up with the Chinese who are who, who's you know human rights. Uh, 
uh, you know, it, it, it don't even take me there. So he was trying to get some money out of the Chinese where, yep. where they're committing atrocities within their own. And and now he claims they've got the, 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 the highest home, home ground attendance. They were gifted the showdown. I went to the game where, by the way, the Crows absolutely flogged them, as we know. Yep. And, uh, and, and the majority, 75% of the people there were Crows supporters. So, so now he's claiming the highest home ground attendance based on the fact that, you know, it's been lifted by, to, a, to an incredible degree by, by Crows supporters attending the showdown. David, very good point. Daniel, you got a response to that? Yeah, no, he's absolutely correct. They're, they're building and those stats definitely inflated because of that. So it's going to be a big couple of years for them going forward to be able to compete with the Adelaide Crows in all forms on and off field. I'll tell you what I'll say. Yesterday, Port Adelaide played in horrendous conditions at home at Alberton. There was more than 2,000 people there. You cannot knock Port Adelaide people for turning up. I think it's right. Koshy did fudge the numbers a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I, I've got to be honest, 2,000 people in those conditions yesterday was a very impressive effort from Port Adelaide people. The Kia Top 7, Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle, Kia Carnival GUV. What is your top seven today, Dan Menzel? Yes, yeah, so I've gone with the Melbourne Cup tomorrow, so I've gone with the top seven memorable Melbourne Cup winners. So I'm going to start at number seven was Kingston Rule in 1990. It ran three minutes and 16 seconds, which is still the fastest time ever run, two decades ago. Wow. Number six, I've got Kiwi winning in 1983. So Jimmy Cassidy was on board. He was about to retire. He was 20 links back at the 800-meter mark and won. <laughs> at number five, I've got Donadon from the 2011 win. It won by a nose yep. over the record. What a great race, race that won. was. Yep. I thought that was a um, I thought that was a dead heat. Dead, it and and I had if Red Cadeau had have got the dead heat or the win, that would have paid plenty for me. I'm still a bit stung by it. That would have. This one wouldn't have paid much. Farlap at number four in 1930 <laughs> was the shortest price favorite to win at a dollar and seventy. Two cents. Nice. Number three, there's a movie on this called The Cup. It's Media Puzzle. So 2002, Damien Oliver, his brother, passed away from a riding accident a couple of weeks prior, went on to win an yeah, incredible race. Yeah, that was a race. great story. At number two, I have Prince of Penzance. So Michelle Payne, everyone knows this one. In 2015, 100 Payne, to 1. 100 to 1. Mm. And at number one, we have this one right here. Oh, hang on. We have it right here, there. A nation roars for a hero. She's starting to wind up. 300 left to go now. Maccabi Divas racing up. Envoy's trying to go with her. They've got to Portland Singer and Lachlan River. Here comes like a Belford and excellent. But Maccabi Diva clear with 100 metres to go. Excellent runs to second. Olajun runs on. But a champion becomes a legend. <laughs> Maccabi Diva has won it. What a call that was when a champion becomes a legend. Great Kia top seven. My Kia top seven. Uh, Ash Chandra Singer, boy from uh, the Northern Territory, made his debut for Victoria in Sheffield Shield cricket on Saturday, made 119 of about 330 balls against Tasmania. So I thought very quickly I would give you my top seven hundreds on debut at Adelaide Oval. Here they are. Faf du Plessis, 110 not out versus yes. Australia in 2012. Massive. A couple from previous years. Archie Jackson, 164 in 1929. Roger Hardigan, hadn't heard of him, 116 against England in 1908. A couple a bit more recent. Jim Burke, 101 versus England in 1951. Greg Blewett, 102 not out versus England in 1995. Mark War, 138 against England in 1991. I couldn't find another one at Adelaide Oval, so I'm throwing in Wayne Phillips, 159 against Pakistan in Perth, 1983. Flipper would have thrown that in for me anyway, so um, I thought I'd better add that one uh, as a final. Now, 
Text line from tomorrow. Listen to this. 0427-154-166. Calls from tomorrow. 1-300-736-736. 1-300-736-736 if you want to call us. 0427-154-166 if you want to send us a text. Don't go away. We're about to catch to Blighty and Wilds. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Welcome back to Sports Day with Daniel Menzel and Ben Hook, 8223-0000-437-693060. If you want to take part in the conversation, well, Menz, we're going to spend a bit of time now with the people who have made this show tick for as long it has been in its present form. I'm talking about Malcolm Blight and David Wildey. They come to us thanks to Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailers, keeping you safe on the roads, tyrepower.com.au. David Wildey, Malcolm Blight, welcome back to the show that you have made so amazing over the last number of years. How are you, boys? Go on, David, you go first. Oh, Malcolm, you always go first. So, no, thanks, Hooky, and also, Daniel. Uh, four years we've done it together. It's just absolutely flown and... Uh, I think the good thing about Malcolm, you never know what's coming up next. Um, he, he comes in with a million notes and you know clippings out of papers, and he's done all the research. I come in with a pen, and I think that's what makes it work. We nothing's planned in terms of you say this, I say that, and if we both um, we sort of both stick to our opinions, I think that's what makes it work, Ben. But it's been you know, it's just flown, absolutely flown. Blighty, there is some yin and yang between the two of you. Yeah, look, there is. I mean, David's obviously a terrific fellow. Most people that know him. I, I did play on him in his in my last ever game and kick six and hit the post eight times. I had a bad day in front of the goals. But going on with that, I mean, someone was asked me today, and we're going to a different area, different system, SEN, and we're going to go to Cruise as well. So we've got to get that in first. But it's been great with 5AA, to be perfectly honest. Yep. We've met some terrific people through them. You know, we've had... Um, I mean, did, did some shows with Tommy Wren for a while and Lee Forrest. I mean, they're, they're just fantastic people as well. So I think it's been a good association for the show Sports Day SA. Okay, they go one way, we go another. But, but that's life, isn't it? And we've seen that happen a lot in, in all walks of life, not only just radio. Now, Bloody and Woods, we've obviously touched on the fact that you've been together for those four years and you've touched on a lot of footy in your time. I've got a question for you, and I'm interested in both your opinions. I'll ask you first, Wilds. Talked about a lot of footballers over the over the time. Who is the best player you have ever witnessed? And I'll be very interested to see what Malcolm says because I imagine you might have coached a couple that'll be up there. I've seen the modern era, Daniel. I think um, Buddy Franklin. Uh, I just admire him. Uh, you would have played against him, and he's, he's he's a guy that's six foot seven, can run like the wind, can kick the ball eighty metres like Blighty. I think he'd be a nightmare to stand and. And I've been lucky enough to call his games for the, as long as he's been playing. And I think for sheer excitement, Buddy, when he's going, is as good as anybody. There's a million midfielders, you could say. You know, you go through uh, Buckley and Hurd and um, more recently Martin and Dangerfield, these type. But I reckon Buddy stands out for me. I think Malcolm might disagree a bit on that one. But for sheer sheer excitement, sheer talent and uh, what he can do and thousand goals, I think Buddy for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, Dan, it's, it's interesting. I, I mean, I've been very fortunate, you know, I, I, Gary Ablett Senior, and, and then spending five years at the Gold Coast with Gary Ablett Junior. You know, how, so different, but so great. Lee Matthews was the bloke I saw in Melbourne. Of course, a lot of people think that, that as well. But I think if, when you look at South Australians, I mean, Stephen Kearney and Johnny Platt and Russell Ebert, Barry Robert, I mean, it, great, uh, there, there are so many great, great players. And, and it's actually still a privilege to actually talk to a lot of them. You know, there's been a lot of 
you're probably not going to believe this, there's been a lot of McGeary medalists and Brownlow medalists and premiership players and premiership coaches that you've, David and I have been fortunate to speak to, and David gets to speak to one of those every day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. I've got to say, uh, boys, I, in the last year, I've been starting to talk a lot more about myself. For three years, I put it up with Malcolm, uh, you know, Malcolm the third person, but suddenly it was rubbing off on me, and I remembered a few things I actually did, and I started to talk about D. Wildey in the third person, but uh, <laughs> I, look, he's amazing. And just, just uh, Hookie, you, you've worked with, with Blighty. The, his ability to fire up out of nothing. He could be just meandering along and something upsets him and he, you know, gave me sort of um, memories of the pathetic Pittman and uh, don't give a, a rat's toss bag, this sort of thing. It just comes out of the blue. And um, that's one of the great things about with, with Blighty. You just don't know what he's going to say next. And I'm not sure he knows what he's going to say next sometimes too. But the beautiful thing about it, and you're, you're exactly right, you can sit with him an hour before you go to air and not one iota of a hint do you get from Blighty about nah. what he's about nah. to run with. But my word, when he's got that glint in his eye and something has stirred him up, it is almighty radio, isn't it? It is, it is tremendous listening. Um Boys, have you got a favourite day that you work together or a favourite segment? Oh. Blighty, have you, is there yeah. a, is there a yep. show or an episode that really stands out in your mind? I mean, I've done a fair bit of this filling in for Wilds, and I've got one or two that really stand out in my mind. But, uh, Blighty, I'd be interested in your thoughts on that. Yeah, usually the 22nd of March, David's birthday, I take him out and spend a lot of money on him. <laughs> That's the first thing. And also, uh, we had a great debate. I mean, we talk mainly sport, but don't forget we had the pie and sauce. Now, I don't have sauce on my pie. I'm, I'm about one of 10% in the world. That got a lot of conversations. And also, don't forget, Monte Carlos are without doubt the best in the assorted <laughs> creams, biscuits, aren't So, I mean, those things are important too. We do throw some of those things in. But getting back, I think the best two interviews we've done in the last two or three years... There was a guy called Kieran McAvoy who's riding in the Melbourne Cup tomorrow. He's, he's on the favourite Melbourne Cup winner. Yeah, he's on the favourite tomorrow. He also has got a statue <laughs> at Streaky Bay. Now, we do have a few things in common, so that's probably one of my favourites. And my second favourite, probably, is a cricketer, a great cricketer, a great bowler, Jason Gillespie, now coach of the Redbacks, yep. of course. And he's got a statue at Adelaide Oval, so we talk a fair bit about that sort of stuff. So they're my probably two favourite. What are yours, David? Well, mine are probably not as important as that, but I thought when um, when Mark Rusciuto got hounded by the the press and people calling for his head, and you um, and you spoke about boards and um, how he would know this and wouldn't know that, I thought that was great. One of the old um, one of the old players, and I thought he he, he sort of been pilloried everywhere, and that was a really quite a, a tense night for a couple of nights on on the radio. So I think you're sticking up for Rusciuto, and that was really good. And talking about statues, um, Taylor Harris, you weren't that happy when she got one. Now, Taylor Harris got a statue because she'd been trolled online and uh, she stuck up for herself when Malcolm said, well, good for her. You know, you should stick up yourself if you get trolled. But she, he said, is it worth a statue? So um, I thought I'd better get a statue in any of that. was uh, also a lot of good moments. <laughs> As you know, Hooky, we, we speak to someone every night, whether they're cricketers, footballers, soccer players, and... Mike Sheen's always a good one for us too. He always comes on and um, really respect Mike. His, his opinion on football is fantastic. We had Dennis Committee on, had Bruce McAmani, all sorts of people over the years. But um, yeah, lots of fun. And the good thing about it, I thought a month ago it was all over. I thought, you know, Blighty's going to another station. I'll stay with 5AA, which I've, I've loved for 28 years. But um, I'm really excited about the future now and, and, and even the chance to call football perhaps nationally rather than just uh, Port and Crows. That absolutely is exciting, yeah, and, uh, Wills. Uh, Benny, 
Yeah, you sorry, Dan, you'd know this, dude. There, there are there are a couple of, I think there are three people that have sort of been with us most of the way. Toddy Gray, yep. in his dog's tips, yeah. became legendary. Uh, John from Port Augusta, yes. I know, and and Troy from Collie in Western Australia. So for those guys, I mean, they're passionate about their sport. You know, yep. not every night, but occasionally they'd ring up, and, and I always found it interesting for guys that actually love. Now, can I just say the most feedback? I've got to, I've got to get this in. The most feedback was a few years ago. Now there was a thing you tried, Dan. You would have been involved in this in AFL X. Yes, remember that lovely thing they tried in the preseason. <laughs> It, how, uh, how did you enjoy it? Yeah, look, it, uh, it was an interesting game to play. We played it uh, here at Highmarsh mm. um, against Crows and a few other teams. And um, as a forward, it wasn't a lot of fun because there's a lot of running in a small space, a lot of lat acid builds up. Uh, it's one of those ones that Gil's done a lot of good things, but uh, this one might not have been up there in his highlights, I don't think. What do you think, Malcolm? No, well, actually, what I did at the time, I thought I, I did a thing called Ruble years ago when I was coaching Woodville in Adelaide. And we were going to take it to America because it, it would fit on a 50-metre by 100-metre football ground. So I thought we could play it. And it was a bit like AFLX. And I honestly thought it should have been an Olympic sport, and I said it. Uh, the, that night and the following week, I got the most feedback I've ever, got, <laughs> I've ever done, <laughs> mainly saying, you idiot, what are you talking about? <laughs> AFLX, an Olympic sport. So I thought that was pretty handy. So I thought it was a good idea, but a lot of people didn't. Now, nah, look, constructive Bloody feedback's always good. Party, going but... about on this day, Malcolm. On this day, we used to have a bit of fun with that. You know, on this day in eighteen seventy-five, on this day in nineteen thirteen, and and uh, just suddenly he dumped it one night. Said, "No, nah, I can't be stuffed doing it anymore," and he, he put it in the drawer. So, is it going to is it going to come out again, Bloody? Yeah, Monday memories, Tuesdays, whatever. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> way, way back when, David, we should... way back Thursday. Yeah, way back, all that, yeah. Now, listen, what about one of the... This is this is where you combine sports. We've spoken to cricketers, tennis players, netballers, basketballers, soccer, golf stars, and a host of other sports, lots of athletes. But one of the things that always interested me was talking about our golf and our scores mm. whenever we played. We're both golfers. We try hard. We're not very good at it. Uh, my darling wife calls us midweek hackers, and I agree with her. But <laughs> golf is one of those sports, and hasn't it made some headlines in the last year or so? Oh well, boys, it's been an amazing story. And and to be fair, I am the fill-in host, but I am the low handicapper of the organisation. I'm the number yes. one golfer, pretty comfortably. I don't Excuse think... me, the static. This, the line's gone a bit bad. <laughs> Sam Fantasia, our producer. The line's gone bad, mate. Hey, Can I'll, you fix, I'll fix it, it up? For you. I'll fix it for you, Marty. Could you, could you, we could see a, a live golf event, $35 million worth of golf tournament for 48 players here in April next year, boys. What do you think about that? Oh, wouldn't it be great? Incredible. Actually, uh, they're talking about Grange. Yeah, I didn't play today because it was a bit wet, but what I, we didn't play also. Gee, we should not forget this. In 2020, and Dan was very much part of it, we were all sitting there, empty stands, COVID, 33 matches over 20 days, the hub... Yep. What what the AFL had to put up with, what Bill McLaughlin and all that the AFL had to put up with, I think when we look back, we're going to say, how the hell did we get through that? First of all, as a country, yeah. and then as a sport. Uh, you've picked up on one of the points that I was going to make, Blighty, and this is quite incredible. I filled in for one day in March of 2020. It was Friday the 13th. Uh, it was you and I in the old studio over there on Grenfell Street, Blighty, and... 
Yep. On Friday the 13th, that was the day that the Melbourne Grand Prix was cancelled. It was the day that the NBA stood still. And it was the day that the Players' Championship, we're talking about golf, the USPGA Tours, the Players, which is their biggest event outside of the majors, of course, uh, had played round one but wasn't going to play round two. We were in a situation where the AFL was umming and ahhing if they were going to go ahead. Same with the NRL. And you and I, it was almost like we were getting bombshells on air. This is another thing that's been cancelled, another thing that's been cancelled. And it felt like yeah, I was yeah. reporting to all of the people listening to Sports Day in front of my eyes that I might not have a job. Sport was just all being shut down. It was it was still the most chilling moment of my life. And I can tell you the postscript to all of that because it was just one day that I filled in for Wilds. It was such a bizarre day. I forgot to bill the organisation. I've never sent an invoice for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone tells me you're the best invoicer in the business too. But Dan, don't forget your invoices, mate. Um, yeah, no, it was, wasn't it? I mean, it was it was just an eerie time watching sport without fans. We are so lucky. You know, growing up, you know, playing football as a kid, like we've all done, or cricket, like, yeah, we've all done, you know, there was hardly anyone there. But when you get the taste of the fans coming, you just realise what the game missed and all the games missed around the world and how important sport is in this social environment of us humans that we need to, we need to mix and match. Exactly right. Yeah, they, were, they were bad times, Hookie. I remember that I think we did a couple of months where there's just no sport. Mm. And uh, that's when we had to have uh, Monday memories about four times throughout the show. But uh, things have certainly improved there. But um, before we go, I just want to also thank 5AA. I mean, being there 28 years, they are like a family. It, uh, I know I've said it before, but um, it's a long while at one place. And uh, they've given me a lot of opportunities. But I am looking forward, though, to the next, uh, hopefully, two or three years with Blighty, see if we can keep it going. Now, boys, I want to, before we let you go, I want to find out who your pick is for the Cup tomorrow. We're going to uh, pick our winners after this, but I want to hear the insight. We'll start with you, Wilds, first. Who are you going to go? Yeah, I spoke with Malcolm earlier today. Um, he might have the field there. at number six at about $11. I just looked at the yeah. form and it. Without a fight, get, David. Without a fight. That's it. Without a fight. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm on. And I just, that's the one I've, um, you know, I've been away for the last month, so I haven't followed it too much. But uh, I think without a fight, the form read okay and, and the favourite, well, you know, favourites don't often win it. So I reckon around $11, I'll, I'll go the number six. Yeah, I, I've, I've already bet because I've got a function on tomorrow and I've already bet, but I'm a very small punter. David's a small punter. We just interest, uh, we gamble very, very responsibly. What's the number again, David? 1800 858 Yeah, we know that well. No, I've, I've actually, Arapahoe, uh, Bjorn Baker and Rachel King is about 50 to 1. It just, every time it's run in the wet, it's run a, a place or one. So I'm going to have $2 Ooh. each way on that. And Montefilia, I backed in the Caulfield Cup and ran fourth. So I'll follow up with that. And then you've got Who Yamal, M-A-L. Yes. So that's almost me. That's Gay Waterhouse, so I'll have two dollars each way on that. I've got about another five if you want more tips. If you keep going, Gee. I could tip twenty four or twenty three <laughs> as a scratching. Uh, there is one out. Boys, before I let you go, you've been asked about your favourite moments, your favourite times, your favourite everything on Sports SA. Who's your favourite producer been? Oh <laughs> Sam Fantasia, I think, no doubt. Uh, no, Sam's been really good. We've had a lot of fun uh, putting and practicing at golf before and after and even during. But uh, no I Thanks, Sam. Uh, I was going to give you credit, Sam, before, you, uh, before he came on, but 
No, Sam Fantasia's done a great job. Yeah, I've, I've, I've probably because he's certainly. Been, I've had a few earlier on uh, with Kane Corns, which are, which apparently I never can mention his name. Kane was terrific on the show, and he'll be terrific whatever he does in future. But no, Sam's been good because the Fantasia family. Uh, I got introduced to his uncle James playing at Woodville in all those days ago, and all the good stuff he's done at Norwood. So he's a mad Norwood supporter, Sam, and he's a mad Crowey. So that's good. But he's, you know what he is? He's more fair with Port Adelaide in both competitions. So I, I actually like that about him. Uh, boys, I tell you and what... I, and I think he's, he's talking about himself a bit more too. You've rubbed <laughs> off him. I've learned from the best. <laughs> I was I was going to ask you uh, both what your favourite segment is as well, but we're right out of time, so I'll answer it for you. It was the community sport update with Ben Hook that you did every Tuesday and Wednesday night. That was it by far and away the highlight. Boys, thanks so much for your time tonight. Congratulations on everything you've done in the show under this format, and a big thank you to all of the people out there, in particular at Five AA, who've been avid listeners to you in the show, and we look forward to seeing you in the new form on the other side. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Benny. Thanks, Dan. Good on you, mate. Malcolm Blight and David Wildey there, the true co-host of Sports Day SA. They're thanks to the Toolkit Depot, your trade pro partner. Toolkit Depot, shop the huge range of tools, equipment, safety gear, and workwear. Dan, that wraps us up for a Monday night. We're going to be back here for a brief show on Tuesday, of course, because uh, there's some very significant cricket going on. Yes, there absolutely is. So we'll be here after the Melbourne Cup tomorrow. Yep. So who are you going to go? Uh, I'm without a fight. Without a fight. I'm going to go Montefilia. I really like that, which is one of Blighty's 100 tips, I think he gave us. (laughs) You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. Thanks so much for your company, everyone. We have thoroughly enjoyed bringing you Sports Day SA. We hope you can come and join us next time around, but just thank you for your support of South Australian Radio. We thoroughly appreciate it. Hope to see you on the other side. All the best. You've been listening to Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.